Alright, so I don't know if you've read the title of the episode or you haven't. Maybe it was just one of those ones that just popped up and you weren't sure. But either way, just as it's a relationship podcast, I'm supposed to talk about relationships. But before I get to that, we need to talk about something real quick. Now, apparently, according to the government of Qatar, World Cup fans could be sentenced up to seven years in prison if they're caught having a one-night stand during the World Cup. Now... I'm trying to think about this shit and I'm asking myself if it applies only to the fans or if it applies to the players as well. Because you kind of think about it, it's like the most stressful high pressure time for any football player that happens to be representing his country at that time. And if you're an African that watched the World Cup when it was in South Africa, then you probably resonate with this information better than anyone else. So now you're telling me that the players that are going to be under a lot of stress in high pressure situations cannot relieve themselves of their stress in the most pleasurable way possible because the Qatar government does not want it. The fuck? I don't know if you guys remember, like there was this whole talk about how I think it was Germany during the last World Cup. Apparently, you know, their players didn't have sex for like seven or eight weeks or some shit. And the Brazilian guys were literally having sex for a while. I think the only time they stopped were like maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of days to their actual matches. And you kind of think about it like that's almost like a strategy that kind of falls into place when it comes to things like the World Cup. Because some people believe that semen retention for all of those weeks makes them more aggressive and, you know, stronger and more powerful and shit. And others believe, you know what, empty everything. Then when the time comes, you know, you let them hold on to that shit, then they'll be more powerful. And in some ways, that is a tactic of its own. You know, it is, you know, a part of the strategy. That's kind of how coaches will coach. So now taking that out of everyone's hands when they go to qatar is gonna be a little bit hard because imagine it's player who's in like stress so now they've ended up calling an escort asking them to dress up like you know like a team doctor or some shit so as they're busy taking them up to the hotel room they're busy being stopped at the reception and the hotel manager is busy telling them hey habibi i am sorry but you cannot take this young lady upstairs yes i can understand you say that that she's team doctor but 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 we don't allow that and that time the guy's like, Oi mate, you can't possibly be telling me that I cannot get my team doctor upstairs to help me out. My leg's been killing me, bruv. And that time the hotel manager's busy looking at him like, Hey, Habibi, Mr. Rashford, it is, it is, it is not me that has said no. It is Qatar government. It is Qatar government. But please, you can go upstairs, you can, you can stretch yourself out. And, you know, you can, you can also call a, a male team doctor to stretch you out. And we have access to Pornhub over over Wi-Fi. We don't restrict. And and you, and you can access it whenever. And it is completely private. Eh? And at that point in time, he will realize that shit hit the legal fan. And he cannot take this babe upstairs. And as he's checking into his room, he'll probably find that he's been restocked with even more lotion. You know, because in as much as one night stands are outlawed, it's not like they said anything about masturbation. Although my bigger question is... How will they be able to curb the gay sex that will be happening there? Because it's not like every single footballer is straight. But I guess that's a question that they'll probably have to figure out when the footballers go for the World Cup. And if something comes up, I will probably be able to talk about it on the podcast, which I definitely should have started in my very typical fashion, where I start by saying... 
Welcome to Breaktime on Westside, your number one Breaktime podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who once wanted to bang the Croatian president because diplomatic immunity, bitches. He's a man who sort of likes women's football because things jiggle jiggle. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex and relationships show where I get to talk about relationships, I get to give a weird view, some people might get pissed, but normally I come to some sort of a conclusion. Now, whether you agree or you disagree with what it is that I say or what it is that I conclude, your views are very open and welcome. Your feedback is always welcome. On IG, it is at Breaktime on West Side. On Facebook, it is also at Breaktime on West Side. And on Twitter, you can slide into my personal DMs, which is at Bagaka the D. The DMs are always open, they're always accepted. And if we turn what it is that we discuss in the DMs into an actual topic of its own, then even the better. Now, if you are listening through an app that allows for ratings and or reviews, a nice rating and or review, whether positive, whether negative, will be highly appreciated. You know, helps me stay up on the charts and, you know, kind of gives me a nice feel of what it is that people feel about the podcast so that I can see if I need to make any changes, if I don't need to make any. And, you know, I can move some things up and some things down. And if you are using one of those apps, then a nice rating and or review would be highly appreciated, you know, so that I can continue calling myself a chart-hopping podcaster. But... Anyways, all of that said and done, we do have a particularly interesting topic to discuss with some very interesting characters. But before I get to that, we need to talk about R. Kelly for a little bit. Now, for those of y'all that know or for those of y'all that lived under some version of an online rock, you'd probably not know, but R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison on racketeering and sexual trafficking charges. Now, this was done sometime last week and a bunch of people rejoiced and celebrated. And as usual, some very emotional women also decided to come out and say that it wasn't enough time. He should be in there for long and shit. And I guess, you know, maybe by some account you could be right, but the fact that he is going to prison and he's not just going to prison for a short period of time like some of these fraud guys or the guys that were behind the whole financial crisis and shit, like this guy is going in for three straight decades. Now, I checked his age, he's 55 years old, so he should be leaving when he's around 85, you know, not unless if he leaves earlier for shit like good behavior or some shit. And if anything, I feel like that's a win. Because at 85 years old, I don't think his dick will be coming up all that often. So I don't even think that he will be going for any kids. So I feel like that's a win. But all that said and done, I just have one question. And I'm sure it's going to piss some people off. But I have to ask it because I feel like it's something that we need to probably discuss at this point in time. Now that he has been sentenced to 30 years in jail. Considering that he has now been convicted... Can we now start listening to R. Kelly songs in public freely without fear of condemnation or being called an apologist or pro R. Kelly or some shit? Like, can we please just do that now? Because I am sick and tired of having this argument with people over, oh, you shouldn't be listening to R. Kelly music, oh, you're enabling him, blah, blah, blah. Like, It got to a point where I ended up talking about it on this podcast and I ended up saying, you know what, if you guys feel like we're enabling him by listening to his music on streaming sites, which will end up paying him and shit, then he can continue committing his acts. How about we just pirate his music, you know? People will not make money off of that because, you know, pirating and shit. And he doesn't get to benefit. But now that he's in prison, it's not like he's going to need his money in prison. And it's not like he's going to continue recording girls from prison. So back to my question, can we now start listening to R. Kelly songs freely without any condemnation? 
and I can get that some people that are still pretty emotional about what it is that he did. Don't get me wrong. I also do feel like he did a very, very bad thing. You know, he did very bad things to small children and shit. And for that, I do believe that, yes, he probably should be convicted. But there's some shit that I've been seeing some people writing online, which has been driving me the wrong way. You know, people busy talking about how they're never listening to R. Kelly's songs because now it's stuck in their minds that every single time R. Kelly was busy talking about some sexual fantasy shit that he'd want to do, he was busy, you know, singing that about a bunch of little girls. And honestly, I do not know whether to consider these people ignorant or possibly a little bit dumb. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know whatever the fuck the guy was actually thinking about when he was singing, you know, all of the songs that he'd sing. But I don't think that they were all just centered around him doing shit with little kids. Like, it's not like what he would do would necessarily reflect in the music that he had. Like, the guy was a very talented artist. He song wrote a lot of massive songs. He created massive hits and his albums were massive successes. Does that mean that he was only talking about little kids? No this guy talked about a lot of shit like when the guy is busy talking about when a woman loves she loves for real it's not like he was talking about doing some shit with Aaliyah from back in the day like you can't necessarily think that it's always going to be about some kid that he was possibly doing some sexual shit with you know it's almost like thinking that every single time you go for mass and there's one of these top tier priests busy preaching and shit they're probably gonna be talking about fucking young boys and that's usually not the case it's not like you're gonna go for mass and then you're just gonna see one of these priests just walking up slowly to the pulpit and then all of a sudden they're like i like to rape small boys i usually like them nine years old like it's not like that's what's gonna happen like if they can separate what it is that they do behind closed doors from what it is that they will tell you on a pulpit i believe r kelly can also separate what it is that he does you know behind the camera whether it's pissing on a kid or having sex with a minor from the music that he will push out in the studio to the rest of the public i honestly feel like he can separate the two and i feel like we can probably separate the two did he do bad acts yes does that mean that his music was shit no i believe you can hate what it is that he did but still love his music in the same exact way seems complicated seems contradictory but we're human beings and most of y'all that are listening to this are probably adults so you can definitely be both instead of just supporting one or the other but anyways all that said and done i will leave it at that and i will move it to our main topic of today now for those of y'all that have listened to me for a while and for those of y'all that know me even on a personal level y'all know that i hate motivational speakers like the typical idea of the motivational speaker is something that I absolutely loathe just mainly because of what it is that they do. You know, the whole thing of saying that they started their butchery with nothing but a knife and the picture of a cow, the whole telling other people that, you know, they can do the same exact thing as them, all they need is two paper clips, you know, a couple of printed paper and, you know, probably all six of their programs on self-mastery and self-improvement and shit. Like, it pretty much feels like a capitalization on people's desire to be better and the hope that they have to be better. And the thing is, people feel like they're automatically better because of it, yet about a month later, they'll probably go back to the same old feeling of not wanting to do the same exact shit. And then it's like they go to another motivational speaker. And I personally just loathe that sort of parasitic behavior. But very recently, I stumbled upon a motivational speaker that I can probably define as like the anti-motivation motivational speaker because 
she sort of speaks about shit in sort of a negative light so i guess maybe to a certain degree she might be a motivational speaker or at least she says so on her instagram bio but i don't know how much motivation she's giving now i recently stumbled upon a clip of hers where she was busy talking about why it is she doesn't want to get into a relationship and um I will say that her comments were very, very negative. You know, her responses seemed particularly negative. Now, I'm going to play it for you guys, and then we're going to look into what exactly she said, you know, just the same way we always do it. So, here it is. Yep. That's exactly why I don't have a man. I don't be itching, crying, burning, or stressing either. I don't be going through phone looking for evidence because niggas acting like a fucking fool. I don't be going half and build with nobody as if I'm their roommate. I don't be dealing with nobody fucking kids. I don't be worried about him still fucking his exes. I don't be worried about where a nigga is when he's not with me. I don't have a man and I'm living my best fucking life. Trust and believe that. I don't have one because I don't want one. They're not a prized position. It's not what it used to be. Or it's not what people think it is. It's work. It's hell. Relationships are hell. And that's why I don't have a man. Because I'm not going to live in hell. I'm too nice. I'm too beautiful to live in hell. Fuck you. Okay. She doesn't want to live in hell. I guess that's good motivation in some way. But anyways, anyways, um, let me not sort of sound like I'm mocking her. And if anything, I will try and avoid the whole bits that seem like mockery so i'm not gonna talk about her beauty i'm not gonna say shit but for those of y'all that want to know who she is her name is kim moore and that's more with two o's and oh interestingly enough she actually even has an only fans okay this one this one's an interesting motivational speaker you don't have a life coach and a motivational speaker who has an only fan so it does kind of seem particularly interesting but anyways what she does aside this is something particularly interesting that I'm listening to because it's something that I'm sort of hearing more and more on a daily basis. Like she's been talking about how she doesn't want a guy, you know, she doesn't want to be with a man. She doesn't want to go through all the stress and the hassle and everything. And while what it is that she's saying seems like it's an isolated thing or it's something that's only with women, at least nowadays, it's something that I've also noticed with guys. Because I actually stumbled upon a very interesting article sometime this past week on Kenyan guys who've actually decided to stay bachelors for the long haul. They are not trying to get married, they're not trying to get into any relationships, and they've just chosen to stay single and stay as bachelors. And it was about four different cases of guys and they were busy talking about why it is they had wanted to do that and why it is they chose to do that. I think it was only the last one who was fairly young and he was like, he's open to getting into a relationship and marrying in the future, just not right now because he is building a firm, stable foundation for himself and, you know, for his future family and shit. And I guess that last one I can probably resonate with because it's something I feel to my core. But all the others were busy talking about not getting into a relationship and these sentiments are pretty much on both ends men and women and while some people will definitely expect me to be like no this isn't how it is oh you should be in a relationship relationships are great well i kind of have to start by saying that they're not completely wrong you know relationships are a lot of work relationships can be hell you know relationships can involve you taking quite a lot of shit in the name of what it is that this babel's talking about and all of that is true all of that is stuff that people go through regardless of gender 
I guess it's just that women mostly expect the cheating scandals to be an issue, the whole having friends thing be an issue. You know, guys will sort of have the whole issue with, you know, how it is that she treats him and shit. And I guess the cheating bit is now starting to become more and more of a thing. You know, the bestie problem and everything. And to a certain degree, I guess both sides are sort of fed up. You know, there's single people on both ends of the gender scale that are definitely fed up with the idea of relationships. But while they are right about it all, while this babe is right about everything, I feel like she's also quite wrong about all of it. Like, don't get me wrong, absolutely everything that she said is dead true. It's smack on true. The only thing is, she's sort of using a general idea of relationships based off of what I'd call the loudest examples, and she's using it to come up with an idea of what a relationship is and is describing it as hell. Now, while she isn't wrong about some relationships actually being hell, I do believe that some relationships are heaven. But I feel like the best relationships, the most long-lasting, long-term happiest ones, are a combination of both heaven and hell. Because to some degree, you kinda have to get to hell so that you can really appreciate heaven in and of itself. Or at least that's how most of us human beings are. You don't appreciate the good, not unless if you've actually gone through the bad. And that's something that you will see replicated time and time again. You know, you, you hear babes who are in relationships with guys and it's literally all chill, there's no problems, he's never trying to get into a fight so he can be very agreeable. And then all of a sudden she's ending the relationship and she's like, the relationship got boring. But there's a babe who will be mistreated, who will be abused, that will want to be in a relationship like that where there's a lot less fighting and there's a lot more loving involved. And in some ways, you kinda have to look at that and you kinda have to realize that sometimes you have to taste a little bit of hell so that you can actually appreciate heaven. Now, don't get me wrong, I am not glorifying hell in relationships. I am not glorifying treating your partner like shit or being taken through shit and staying there. Don't get me wrong, I am not. What I am saying is, sometimes people get a warped view of things such as relationships based off of things like PTSD and that PTSD might be theirs or it might be someone or some people close to theirs' PTSD that they've sort of picked up. And as a result of that, it makes people more fearful of things that haven't even happened yet. You find people busy talking about how they don't want to get into a relationship because everyone cheats. Like, yes, all four of your friends have been cheated on, but what if it's the choice of niggas that they've been with? Like, what if all four of them are generally shit girlfriends? What if they didn't know how to please them or they didn't really listen to what it is that they wanted as guys? Probably the issue is them as the girlfriends instead of these guys as the guys. Not that I'm endorsing the cheating. Sometimes, you know, you might look at your male friends and they're like, oh, you know, relationships are shit and everything. And you decide to resonate it with them because like two of them had their girlfriends cheat on them and the other three are single niggas that are all about being on their own. You know, they're part of the whole, you know, men going their own way movement. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to get into a relationship because babes are bad. Like, why the fuck are you making a judgment on something that you haven't gone through? And those are individual scenarios. It doesn't mean that it's a collective thing for everyone. Sometimes people end up looking at experiences from someone else's lens and then they start making their own conclusions based on what someone said about their side of the story. You know, I'm gonna admit it. 
there's guys that will say oh you know being in relationships is bad blah 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 but some of these niggas are the ones that cheat on their girlfriends and yet you want to follow whatever it is that they're saying come on bruh like we we have to make our own decisions some of us have to go through some of these shits ourselves so that we can decide whether we want to go in as well and if anything this whole idea of quote-unquote living your best life and you're going single and shit while it is good most of the time the idea of what people say is living your best life is some shit that will probably fade in terms of the joy it gives you in like what two maybe three years or some shit because it's not like you can be making money and traveling the world on your own for like 10 20 years straight i don't think that's a particularly interesting way to live for 20 straight years and you'll probably decide not to be with someone because you know you've seen what your friends and your family members have gone through but if you're not using that to make the next relationship you're in better then you're probably not really playing the game at all so it's not like you're really winning and at the end of the day we have to accept that sometimes you have to go through hell you know you have to put in that work in the relationship and sometimes it might turn to shit but sometimes it can produce something really beautiful the thing is you have to chase the beautiful even though sometimes you have to take the shit and it's unfortunate that some people feel like they're winning by not playing the game but all in all let me just conclude by saying this yes relationships can be hell yes relationships will require quite a lot of work and yes relationships can sometimes make you feel like you have zero freedom and you have to be accountable to someone else but at the end of the day relationships if done well if the people in it decide to act right if the people in it actually decide to make it work can actually turn it into a very beautiful thing so even though it might have been hell it could be heaven for the most part even though you might feel like you know your freedom is hindered to a certain degree and you have to be accountable to a person if you actually do enjoy being with that person then there's a pretty good chance that it won't really hurt all that much if ever at all but then again i am someone who hasn't been in a relationship for too long so maybe i might be wrong about all of this shit so i want your thoughts on this the dms are open on ig it is at break time on my side on facebook it is also at break time on my side and on twitter you can slide into my personal dms which is at bagak the d thank you very much for listening all the way till the end and if you are listening to Castbox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below and i will attend to them accordingly and i will catch you guys on the next break <laughs>